This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So time means we give you some analysis, recaps, reactions, and previews. Euro 2020, the story so far. Jimmy Conrad joins to discuss all the games that have gone on. We discuss a lot about Christian Eriksen, of course, as well. And we look ahead to matches for Tuesday, including, of course, France against Germany. We give you some Copa America action as well. Gigo Lasso begins right now. It's U.S. Open week and the First Cut Golf Podcast has all your needs covered as the world's best golfers travel to Torrey Pines. They're on the scene in California all week to give you daily fantasy advice, the best picks and props and round-by-round analysis. Listen to the First Cut wherever podcasts are found or you can stream every episode on YouTube. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kigo Lasso on this Monday. It's been a while. Jimmy Conrad, how are you, my friend? What's up, LME? First and foremost, happy birthday to you. Obviously a big number, but that doesn't mean you're old. It just means you're awesome. That's all <laughs> I love it. Hey, listen, thank you so much. And thank you, everybody for the messages. Yes, I turned 40 this past weekend. My wife surprised me with an amazing party. We all got to wear snapbacks, Jimmy, because that, that, you know, my, my signature. So she gave everybody there a snapback. I'm wearing it right now. Uh, so, but Jimmy sent me a beautiful message. So did our producer, Lisa Roman, and of course, all of you. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. And what better way to celebrate than to talk about the beautiful game and two international tournaments, Jimmy Conrad. How excited are you right now? Oh, I'm buzzing. I love that uh, we have both events kicking off. That is the Copa America and the European Championship, of course. Though I feel like the Copa America... Uh, it's conflicting. Little, it's it's conflicting. Little, yeah. It's a little sketchy, but if we just focus on, on what's happening on the field, and if that's possible to not intertwine both off the field and in, on the field, you know, I'm excited to see these players perform, assuming they don't have COVID. That's, that's <laughs> exactly. Just throwing that in there. Just throwing no. that in there. No, no, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. Listen, everybody knows my sentiments about it. Uh, we have to talk about the game. It's called there's conflicting issues about everything. But we got to talk about what we'll talk about it. But first, we begin, everybody, with uh, Euro 2020. And this is actually our first uh, sort of recap since the tournament started. Because as you know, our, our format for the pod, a little different uh, in the summer. We have a Monday to Friday show, no Sunday night recap. So we give you a little bit more on Monday. Of course, that is today. And Jimmy joins us. And uh, before we get going on the most recent games, including Spain's draw with uh, Sweden, and you know, we, we saw some worldies today from the Czech Republic as well, Jimmy Conrad, just give me your overall thoughts on uh, how the Euros has, has been going for you so far. Well, from a team perspective, I would say that I've been pretty disappointed in the dark horses. Okay. So Turkey, what are you even doing against Italy? You try to absorb, you absorb, you absorb. And sure, okay, you get the game 0-0 to halftime. That was probably what you set out to do. In the second half, you had nothing. I thought the Italians looked very, very good. 
And then I thought Ukraine was actually going to show up and do something. And they blew it there at the end, the goalkeeper against the Dutch. Come on, Frank DeBoer is the coach. If you can't beat a Frank DeBoer managed <laughs> Netherlands, it's just never going to happen for you. Andre Shevchenko is the manager uh, for Ukraine. We're what never going to get a Frank DeBoer interview here. I think. No, no probably not. Sorry <laughs> about that. But it uh, might be for the best, to be honest. Let's be, let's just call it what it is, uh, Luis. Croatia, I thought I was going to see a little bit more from them. I don't, let's, let's leave the scoreline out. They just didn't look like a team that had just played in the World Cup final three years ago. They just lacked a lot of imagination and creativity and fair play to the English for having some stout defensive uh, tendencies and making it very difficult to be broken down. But I just was a little disappointed in Croatia. And then, you know, I mean, Spain, we'll get into it, I'm sure, with regard to that group in particular. Scotland was another dark horse for a lot of people. You know, Czech Republic's like, no, we're going to be the dark horse and we're going to run away, run away with this group. So there's, I don't know, it's interesting. It's very, very interesting. And then, of course... That's just the teams and how they're performing. I think I can't think about these Euros without thinking about Christian Eriksen and the fact that we were as close to seeing him die as possible on the field. And thankfully, he got resuscitated. And there were some really smart people making some very quick and intelligent decisions on his behalf. And now he's stabilized. And it's really hard to, to you know extract that from, from everything else that's happening on the field. No, well, well said. There are a few things that I took from that moment. One, um, I thought, you know, Derek Ray and Cohen ESPN did a wonderful job just trying to maintain the moment and be calm because everybody really was just so shook from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Danish team, you know, just such a family, right? Protecting one of their own. And finally, you know, the medical uh, staff, just heroes, all, all of them, just, uh, you know, and then just hearing the entire stadium, Finland then, Denmark chanting his name. I mean, obviously it was a tragedy that we were seeing and it was horrific and very scary, but, you know, one of those moments, Jimmy, where, you know, the football world, the soccer world, you know, kind of, you know, even subconsciously just gets together. Right. And we just like try and pull for, from one of our own in a way, even if we've never met Christian Erickson, it was very scary indeed. Though. Yeah, it was emotional. And I think when you have those types of moments where everybody is shook, whether you know Christian Erickson or not, you just, there's this emotional reaction to, seeing someone look so vulnerable and in in, in, in in that moment where there's no control, nobody has control and nobody knows what's happening. So the fact that people did make these decisions quite quickly and that he's stabilized for me is nothing short of a, of a, of a miracle that he's in a place that he is. And now he's got a quote and I love that he's this positive, like he wants to get back out there and play. And there's a part of me that wants to act like his mom. Like, I don't know, you know, I don't know, Christian. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I mean, I feel like you had the run you were going to have. Let's just let's just enjoy the rest of your life in a way without putting yourself at risk anymore. And and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out moving forward. Obviously, it's his life and he should be able to make the choices that he wants to make. But but man, that would be it'd be really hard and kind of weird to watch him play from this point forward because you just always be so nervous that something else was going to happen that looked very similar. So I'm just glad he's alive and everything else is just gravy at this point. So hopefully everybody's enjoying the tournament for what it is. It's just a bunch of grown men in small shorts, kicking a ball in a certain direction and just trying to enjoy the pageantry of that. Absolutely. Before we carry on uh, very, I, I would love your thoughts on this, Jimmy should have the game continued again, because obviously there are, you know, complicated issues with that. I I've thrown in my own sentiments about it. I was very intrigued to hear what, what you thought. Should the game have continued or should have, they have maybe, should you wait if I had maybe stepped in and said, listen, Everybody's in an emotional high right now and an emotional low. Uh, let, let's let's press the reset button from tomorrow, regardless of the logistical complications. What do you think? Well, some of the stuff that you're hearing coming out of some of the players that played there, Kasper Schmeichel, his dad, Peter Schmeichel, that the Danish national team had to make a decision. There was an ultimatum. They had to forfeit 
and lose 3-0 and not play anymore. Or they can go back on the field or they can play the next day. And I just thought that's a really rough decision to make when you just saw your friend look like he died on the fields. They don't really know all the details. Obviously, they saw him walk or not walk off the field, but get off the field. And he seems alert and awake in some capacity. But you don't know what the ramifications are of that happening to somebody. So there's still probably a lot of unknown. I don't think I think this is what I think with, with regard to UEFA. They should have said the game's done for today. We'll come back and play it tomorrow. I believe the players probably would have been able to have more time to process. They would have gotten more information about Christian's status. They would have been able to take a deep breath. Let's be honest, just take a deep breath and maybe get to some real sleep. I mean, that that's something that they should go see therapists for. They need to work through that process. But that is, that's a traumatic, for everybody involved, it's very traumatic. So give that just some time, even 12 hours would have made a big difference. The fact that they put that type of pressure on the team, and I know they're just TV, TV contracts that everybody's beholden to and whatever it may be, but it just would have been nice to see some empathy and see some humanity involved in that decision-making as opposed to really putting those guys. And then, and then what I don't like, and I want to hear your thoughts on this, it just seems like UEFA's kind of using the old, well, they said they wanted to play and really kind of maybe trying to get out of the responsibility of, of where they could have stepped in and said, hey, we think this is the best decision for the tournament. We think this is the best decision for your team and obviously for the players. That would have been nice to see that type of leadership. Instead, it's it wasn't us. They decided they wanted to do it, you know, and that that feels it doesn't feel good. I, I, I don't know exactly what the right word is. It feels like I want to take a shower sometimes when anything <laughs> comes out of UEFA and FIFA's mouth. But but uh, yeah, bowl, you need two showers. Yeah, well, that's so. true. With Combi Bowl, yes, yeah, yeah. So I've got to take a shower. Then I got to take a bath and I got to take a shower for the bath. Yeah, boil yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but ultimately, yeah, I just thought it was a little bit too soon. You could tell that the players were coming out on back on the field crying like what I mean that's not a, a situation where you're you're asking players to play at the highest level and to perform at the highest level and then you give them that situation it just felt unfair yeah I, I basically share your sentiments uh and everybody knows if you follow me uh, on anything else if you unfortunately follow me on anything else you, you know that listen tragedy is a, is a dangerous thing it fogs your mind and uh even if you said to yourself in that moment I want to carry on playing or you don't even have to be a player. It can be in any situation. I unfortunately, personally, I have many memories of tragedy and, and it fogs your mind and the emotional takes over the rational. So to your point, I feel like UEFA giving a choice like this multiple choice is really not uh, productive for that, for the mental state of a player. So really, they should have just been a leader. And stepped in. Taylor Twelman shared a quote with me. You know, so being a leader, it's not really about being a leader, but it's about making the right decision for the right people in the right moment. And I think they should have just said, "Look, we're gonna just move this game, move it to Sunday. Everything else, just put it in the back drawer. It doesn't matter. We just we have to take care of all of you mentally and physically, of course." Uh, and Kristen Erickson, and I think that should have been the right thing to do. I would say, and I'm actually curious, we don't know how Denmark's going to do the rest of the tournament. I still think they're going to be shook in a lot of different ways. Of course, and, and yeah. If we use them going back out on the field as a microcosm, it must have felt so pointless to be out there. Yeah. Like, what are we even doing out here? You know, and when you're running around, like, I don't really care if the Finnish players score. I I, I just want to make sure my friend is alive, you know, and I want to make sure that you know, it just, it just, you start to hit you at such a deeper level yeah. that, that you can really see in that moment, like, to just, these, these tack, what do we, I don't know. So I'm curious, they play Belgium next and Belgium, obviously the favorites look very good against Russia. Romelu Lukaku was up for it. I just, I don't even know how you really gear up for that either. And and there was a big headline in Copenhagen and the Danish newspapers saying 
we lost, but we also saved a life and that's yeah. more important. We also you know? won. So yeah. We won. Yeah. yeah. We won because yeah. we saved a life. So, yeah. so it, it's, it's uh yeah, to, to what you said about Taylor and the quote, you know, it would have been nice to have somebody step up and kind of see everything from a 30,000 foot perspective, like the big picture, you know, p- pushing these guys to play when they're not feeling it. Uh, was definitely not the right choice. Yeah, well said, well said. All right, everybody, uh, let's carry on here. Uh, the most recent, uh, well, the most recent games uh, as of this Monday, of course, Spain drew with Sweden nil nil. Poland lost to Slovakia, including Jimmy Conrad, two goals uh, from uh, Patrick Schick. But by the way, I'm sorry, not Slovakia, Poland. Um, I'm getting all confused because Czech, Czech, Republic, Czech Republic against Scotland. Czech Republic beat Scotland 2-0, including Jimmy Conrad. Two goals, one of them. Stupid from Patrick Schick here uh, in the 42nd and the 52nd minute, beating Scotland. Uh, thoughts on that on that goal? Some people obviously are saying, well, the keeper was way off his line. Granted, <laughs> but come on, man. He also bent it. Come on now. I mean, I don't think Patrick Schick is ever going to score a better goal than that. Just the awareness where he was, the recognition to pick up his head, see where the goalkeeper was for Scotland. Uh, and I think you know the, the goalkeeper Marshall is going to want all of those decisions back from his perspective. I'll actually scale it back. The the center back uh, for uh, Hendry for for Scotland, he takes this really ill advised shot, which ultimately springs the whole counter attack in the first place. When yeah. he had other options, he could have he had a couple of guys on either side that he could have just passed, and that's really what unlocked everything and gave that play its its breath that that opportunity to to unfold the way that it did. That said, I don't want to take anything away from Patrick Schick. He hit it in exactly the right spot. I mean, it was beautiful. <laughs> that the weight of the weight of the shot. The and I when I watch the clip, I'm, I'm I wonder when the goalkeeper starts to have that oh crap moment. Is it is it right away or is it like a couple steps in going, oh my God, this is actually gonna score? Oh crap, oh crap, oh crap. Yeah. You know, it's uh it's it is it is a world-class goal, and Patrick Schick scored a great header to to unload it and I was disappointed in Scotland. They created a few opportunities, which they're going to feel hard done by because I just thought that the goalkeeper, uh, Vasilik for, for Czech Republic, made some big saves. And, and it's one of those things. We've talked about it countless times, and we'll probably continue to talk about it because it's very important. It's a real thin line between success and failure at the highest level. And when you have guys that, that score world-class goals and then you have a goalkeeper who's making world-class saves behind him, you're going to win more than you're going to lose. And, and that's what you found today with the Czech Republic and Scotland just didn't have that. Maybe a little bit of that luck. I don't know how else to say it. Just that little bit of luck. You know, if Marshall just wouldn't have been on two yards a little bit higher, he probably makes that save. It's probably not the best looking save of all time, but I'm sure he, he could volleyball it out or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's just, it's just interesting how, how the, the finest of margins really determines who wins and loses at this tournament. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Scotland, you know, I have them as a Cinderella team. I, you know, I, I still believe in them a little bit. It's going to be hard now. They got England coming up next, but I think the emotional took over a little bit, not being in a, in the tournament for 23 years. Uh, Kieran Tierney, I think was sorely missed as well, maybe today as well. Mm-hmm creating some chances. But anyway, in the other game, uh, as I mentioned before, Slovakia beat Poland 2-1 in that one. And uh, it finished off with Spain and Sweden uh, nil-nil. Quick thoughts on Spain, Jimmy, because obviously, you know, they're so beautiful to watch. Uh, 80, nearly 85% of possession, more shots on goal. But, you know, the killer instinct, Jimmy Conrad, the killer instinct. And Alvaro Morata did have a sitter, didn't he? So did uh, Gerard Moreno when he came on as he a did, sub. Yeah. Good, good save there. Good save from Olsen, uh, but straight out. Yeah, but yeah. I, it's it's tough. I mean, if you want, if you enjoy the beautiful game, 
with passing around the 18 yard box, there's no better country in the world than Spain. Uh, they are excellent at maintaining possession and running things with, with their tiki taka for lack of a better description. And, uh, it's frustrating. I would be very frustrated if I was a Spanish national team supporter. The fact that when that isn't on and you have teams that have now become a little bit more accustomed to not taking the bait, right? Because when you see Spain play, or if you see any managers, I'm looking at you, Pep Guardiola, that, that adhere <laughs> to the same type of philosophy, they're looking to poke and prod, right? They're looking for those spaces. They're waiting for you to, to, to bite. So that opens up a pocket of space that they can run into or to exploit in some other way. And when that's taken away by a very game Swedish team and you have a goalkeeper making timely saves, how else are you going to solve this problem? Yeah. And it's not great by any stretch of the imagination, but they started to do it late and they started to whip more balls into the box. And, and yes, maybe they're more hopeful than, than their philosophy and their culture and how they see the game is what they want. Right. I think there's a, they take a lot of pride in not playing route one. They take a lot of pride in not just whipping hopeless balls and hopeful balls and, and waiting for some big guy to get on the end of it, mainly because they don't have any big guys, but right. there was that urgency. And at some point, I think an intelligent team gets out of the way of their pride. And this isn't just isolated to Spain, but if another team is giving you space in a certain area of the field, you need to take it and then exploit it from there. But if you're going to continue to try to cram it down the middle or try to combine when that space isn't there, it, it just, you're going to get frustrated. And that frustration leads to a zero, zero draw against Sweden. And so sometimes that urgency of like, we got to whip balls in has to come sooner. If this is where the space is. Well, then let's punish them. And we saw some goals where the goalkeepers made mistakes because the ball was whipped into a dangerous area or a defender had an own goal or whatever it is because they're just putting these in high percentage areas. And then maybe a ball bounces back. I'm thinking about the, the Ukrainian goalkeeper who, you know, he dropped it right to Vinaldum, who scored the first goal of the game for the Dutch. I mean, there's plenty of examples of that in this tournament so far. And I just think Spain could probably adhere to a little bit more urgency and exploiting those spaces a little bit sooner. Yeah, no, well said. The only thing I will say is that Spain to me are like, a, you know, like a, a really amazing painter and painting this beautiful painting and you see the triangular passing and you see all the final third action and you see all the beautiful aesthetics and it's beautiful. But sometimes if you want to win, you got to smash that painting. You just got to go for it. And, and uh, you know, I think they'll learn from it because, you know, we'll see what happens. But and Sweden did defend well, but, you know, hopefully they'll be a little bit more clinical as we go on. All right. Before we move on, I want to just give you an update. Uh, we're, we're doing this. Uh, Argentina is playing Chile. It's nil nil right now. Uh, 30 minutes gone. Um, uh, no Alexis Sanchez for the rest of the group stage for Chile, by the way. Uh, Arturo Vidal does come back and obviously Argentina side. You know, Messi and co. But listen, um, I'm here for yeah. it. Chile's got I don't know how many guys over the age of 35 in their team. Edu Vargas, Gary Medel, Claudio Bravo. Yeah. You know, it just gives me hope that you and I can still do it, Luis. So I'm all about <laughs> Chile. Uh, where you know, having all these old guys come back and still kind of keep it going. You'd you'd uh, like to see some progress, maybe some of the younger players pushing these old guys out, but that yeah. kind of shows that maybe Chile's got to pick yeah. it up in that regard. I Jimmy, say, in the in the words of David Mamet, old age and treachery will always outdo youth and exuberance. So yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's a great must, one. I, I must I chill it. <laughs> I mean, Argentina though, Aguero doesn't start, Di Maria doesn't start, Angel Correa, who just won La Liga with Atletico Madrid, doesn't start. No Dubala, yeah. No, Dybala's not even in the, didn't, not in the 23, didn't dress. I mean, Rodrigo De Paul is starting. I actually want to see how he does in the back, but they got Otamendi in the back. I mean, 
I sometimes like, do they want to lose? I think Argentina <laughs> wants to lose. I'm listen, Otamendi had his time, but I don't think it's right now. And uh, with Otamendi at the back, anything, and anything, I mean, the good anything, and anything the bad is possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might as well I'm, throw Marcus Rojo back there too yeah, and just yeah. roll the dice for sure with two players. By the way, I think Otamendi will also not be part of our podcast any day soon. <laughs> we'll find out. But anyway, uh, we'll keep you updated on that as we, as we record, of course, and later on. Tonight, maybe by the time you listen already, Paraguay against Bolivia. Then Copa America takes a break until Thursday when my Peru face, uh, yes, Brazil. Uh, so we'll face that. But anyway, Euros, Euro 2020. We're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, Jimmy is going to talk to us about Tuesday's games, uh, Portugal against Hungary, and my God, France against Germany. It's a big one. We'll be right back. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, everybody, to Kego Lasso. And we take a break, and Lionel Messi with a ridiculous Messi. free kick. Messi. <laughs> Messi. That's why I'm wearing his jersey. I brought him just good for, luck. Just for that reason. Ab- ab- absolutely amazing. Unbelievable, Jimmy Conrad. Lionel Messi, how long he, can he play for, Jimmy, do you think? It's up to him. I don't, th- I don't think it's up for us mere mortals to decide. I think it's up to this yeah. guy who is not from this, this world He's just another level. And the fact that he can continue to play consistently play as well as he does week in and week out, even though he probably gets tackled more than any other player, or at least people are trying to catch him and throw tackles, yeah. the, the physical demands of the game, even through a pandemic. And the guy's just, I don't, I don't know if he's human. He's a robot. I don't know what it is, but, uh, He's going to play for, I think, four or five more years easy. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Hey, maybe MLS in the cards for... Uh, Ooh, don't tease <laughs> me. Don't tease me. Wouldn't that be nice? Anyway, everybody, uh, welcome back to Que Go Lasso. We're going to talk Euros. Euro 2020, our Tuesday games. Uh, Jimmy, I mean, should we begin with the big one, of course? France. Well, it's up to you. It's up to you. Yeah, let's go big. Let's, let's do the headliner here. France against Germany. My goodness, this is Group F, the last uh, of the first uh, match day one of the group stages for all these groups. And uh, France against Germany. Talk to me. Talk to me. Go anywhere you want. Oh, my God. I'm going to start with the managers. And we'll go Germany first because Yogi Love, this is his last tournament as the national team coach for his country. And I feel like maybe he stayed too long. You know, he had a good run there for a while after one of the world cup, maybe even the 2016 euros, but you could see it grew a little bit stale. I remember the confederations cup in 2017, like a German C team. They put like a C team, B B or C team won it and just cruised. I was like, Oh, they're the favorites. And they crashed out of the world cup in 18. That might've been the time to make it happen. So there's that element. This is last gasp, like this last, can they do have some success with Yogi love his last time in charge. 
And then on the flip side, you have Didier Deschamps. And I didn't know this, but he could become the first person ever to enjoy winning the World Cup and the Euros as a player and manager. And that is ridiculous. Now, they lost in the final. That's kind of crazy. To Portugal in 2016, yeah. right? When Cristiano became the de facto coach at the end of that, been massive cheerleader there. So that is, we got history on the line for Deschamps uh, to go through this. Uh, the semifinals in 2016 in the Euros, France beat Germany. So there's a little revenge factor here with regard to that. Now, Germany are on a 12-game unbeaten record uh, during the opening games of the Euros. Interesting. Yes. So they start very well, Germany. They do very, very well. Also, not since the inaugural tournament in 1960 have France lost their opening game. And that was a 5-4 thriller to Yugoslavia 61 years ago. Yes, you're going to remember that and you're welcome for it. <laughs> and uh, Deschamps... World man, Jimmy. I remember that. Yeah, Deschamps' uh, defense, they've had four clean sheets in the last four games. So we'll see if Germany's... I don't want to say potent if you got Timo Werner in your team. I'm just throwing the shade at Timo Werner. Champions League winner. <laughs> you, call him, you call him golden boot nominee, though. I did. I should. Well, there's the value there was crazy. Plus right, 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 right. Yeah. But um, it'll be that Germany's going to have a lot of work to do. And I think that it's going to be difficult for them in a lot of different ways. I think that they can get out of this with a draw. They would be happy. Uh, so so I, I just think that France are going to win. I think it's going to be tight. I'm not as convinced with that German back line. If you got Hummels, uh, you have poten potentially, I don't know, Emery Chan, you have Rudiger. I mean, that's not a very quick team, but obviously you have, you know, some other players that can help protect that. Kimmich yeah. in particular can, can sit in front. So it's going to be interesting where the Germans try to maybe concede some space defensively, where they're going to give that up, how much they sit back as opposed to the French that, I mean, I, what do you even start with these guys? It's ridiculous. I, I mean, mean, we've so, talked so, about it, Jimmy Conrad. Their bench could take you to the final. They have the tremendous trio of Antoine Griezmann, Karim Benzema, and of course, uh, Kylian Mbappé, N'Golo Kante, Paul Pogba, people like Jules Koundé can't get in the team, Ousmane Dembele can't get in the team. It's amazing. I mean, you have to see it as a win here. You have to see it as France winning. I think France are going to It won't score. be easy, though. No, fans are going to score. I don't see them putting up a zero in this one. It's just a matter of whether I think Germany can score in return. So right. I, this one's a coin flip on William Hill. France to win straight up is plus 170. Interesting. And, and th that is tremendous value. So either whether you want to bet that straight up or if you want to put it in a parlay, I, I think France are going to do the business. I just think they have a little bit of a different sauce here. We have seen some upsets here at the Zeros already, but but the teams that should be winning, I, I not necessarily the dark horses, but like the Italy's, the England's, you know, the, the heavy favorites are, are they're taking care of business. Yeah, yeah, they're taking care of business. So I like Mbappe to score anytime plus two twenty. That's you know, you rarely get that type of value for Mbappe. That's very good. Any time, not even in the any time. That's good. But but there is that issue, and I'm sure you've heard about it, the killing Mbappe versus Olivier Giroud issue. And for yeah. those that haven't heard. Olivier Giroud went public, didn't even talk to Kylian Mbappe, apparently, just said publicly that Mbappe doesn't pass him the ball enough. And Mbappe heard about it through the press and was like, what the hell is he talking about? Like, just come talk to me in the locker room. Why do you have to go through the press? So now there's a little bit of a beef. My favorite part about it, though, is Kylian Mbappe says he doesn't want to make it a big deal as he's talking to the press about it. Like, well, of course you're going to make it a big deal. I have it. gathered you all today here to not make it a big deal. Exactly. Exactly. So that's that's funny.
And Larissa has now had to come out and say that they've, you know, there's nothing there. They've squashed the beef or whatever it is. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Benzema's getting into Mbappe's ear that Drew is a, is a go-kart. You know, I don't know <laughs> what it is, but uh, I think Mbappe is going to be up for it. I think they're going to want to put their best foot forward. The Germans just lost recently to North Macedonia at home, a World Cup qualifying. I know they had a big, you know, big win prior to this, but it was against a team they should beat, you know, so eh, confidence obviously plays into it. But I just think that France have a little bit too much. It can hurt you in so many different ways. So, yeah, sure, you shut off Mbappe. Well, Benzema can can hurt you if he ends up starting. And, and Griezmann was the golden boot winner from the last Euros with six goals. He so, elevates his game with France. He, he elevates his he game. absolutely does. And you got Pogba off of a little bit deeper, but off his shoulder, a little bit more box to box. And Golakante protecting that back four. Yeah. I mean, we could we could probably argue the Germans while well, they have, you know, Thomas Muller and they have Serge Gnabry and they have, they have uh, Joshua Kimmich and yeah, they have all these players, Manuel Neuer and goal. Of course, Germans could go, could go and get that. But I feel like when we look at France, they know they should win. And I want to throw this stat at everybody. The last time France won a world cup in 1998, they won the, the euros in 2000. Yeah. The double, double. Yep. Yep. And now 2018, they won the world cup. Maybe history is going to repeat itself. I Maybe. think it's going to start with setting the tone in the first game. I think it's really important for them to get some points. If you want to take there's a, there's a tremendous value on this game in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. France to win and both teams to score. That's the one I'm going for. Plus 420. Plus 420, Luis. That's crazy. What if you add crazy. like can you do can you do France to win both teams to score, Kylian Mbappé to score anytime? And yeah. then let me find and then that, that and then I like that because well listen everybody, if Jimmy gives you France to win both teams to score at 420, you do one bet Aside for that one. And then what yes, happens, Jimmy, yes. if I add Kylian Mbappé as well? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now because I agree with you. I think Mbappé's got some really good value. He's going to be mad, especially after everything that's going on. He'll probably pass it to Giroud a few times. and then he'll plus, plus 850. Come on, people. That's Kylian Mbappé to score, France to win, both teams to score. Okay. There is, honestly, there's a part of me that I don't know if the Germans, I just don't know if the Germans are going to do it. So if you want France to win, and Germany don't score plus three twenty-five. That's, That's another good bet. I mean, it's what another. Do always, what do we always tell you in the show? Do multiple bets and probability. Chances of probability going to get you. Yeah. So just do multiple bets. Don't don't put your house on it. So, so if you put, like, I think France is going to win. So if I bet, if I bet France to win to nil plus, I can put ten bucks down. I can win thirty-two there. Okay. If that doesn't hit and France is France wins, the both teams score. I I win forty-five bucks there. I'm still up. Yeah, you know? of course, this goes out the window if Germany wins, but that's for another day and that won't happen. Oh, no. Jimmy got I don't need your bad juju right now. <laughs> I don't know. I don't Everybody, he just get on the bad juju right now. No, 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 no I'm I with think you. France are going to do it. France are going to do it. I'm the, with draw, you. the draw France is plus 210, though. The, 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 the draw, I mean, everything's pretty even. France is plus 170 to win. Draws 210. Germany to win plus 180. It's a coin flip. No, I no, I like it. I like I both France of them. Gonna win. So everybody, do this. Do multiple bets. One of them, France to win. Both teams <laughs> to score. Kylian Mbappé to score. France to win. Germany doesn't score. You could add Mbappé in there if you want. Right. And just, you know, chances of probability. And by the way, this is going to be the sixth meeting between France and Germany at a major tournament. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be their first in the group stages. So, you know, and their head-to-head -head is perfectly balanced. Mm -hmm. Two wins each. Uh, and but, but, uh, a draw. So, but, but... Yeah. Most recently, I believe, right? France is, uh, you know, taking France the upper has got their number. Yeah, the last four encounters, I think, have all been in favor of France. Yeah, they're unbeaten in their last the five last games four. against Germany on Definitely. German soil. Uh, so, but anyway, so it's a lot to take in, but I, I'm going with France. Both teams to score, Kylian Mbappé to score. 
I'm I'll going. say 50. That's next level. I hope that hits for you. Yeah, well, I'm going to Jamaica after that. <laughs> All right. So listen, give me quick on uh, Portugal, Hungary, because everybody's like, obviously, you know, we think big about Portugal, right? So many good players, Cristiano Ronaldo, of course. Hungary, though, man, I mean, you know, they're here for a reason, right? Can they do something? Yeah, you can't sleep on those guys. If you guys remember in 2016, they won the group that actually had Portugal in it. They were first, Iceland were second, Portugal got third, three draws. And in their match against them, Hungary were up 1-0, 2-1, and 3-2. There Ultimately you go. Ultimately gave up a goal in each one to draw 3-3. So there's a lot of players that on both sides that are familiar with that match, played in that match. And I'm curious to see how it plays out this time around. Joao Cancelo is now out due to COVID. I think that's a big loss for Portugal because it doesn't allow them as many options, I'd say, in the back line. So even though they have guys that can fill that with uh, some players on either side, uh, Semedo and Guerrero in particular, you know, Cancelo was named one of the best 11 players in the Premier League last season for a good reason. So him not being in, but when you look at Hungary, no Dominic Zabaslai. He was starting to come back. Yeah, it's big. Uh, Without him in the team, they're just not as dynamic. They're not as, let's say, unpredictable, at least for the opponent. And without him in there, they just become a little bit more one-dimensional, a little bit more, I'd say, easier to contain. And then, so so taking all that into consideration, when I think about my bets, I got Portugal to win to nil. So win win with a clean sheet, plus 106. It's pretty pretty straight up, one-to-one odds on that. However, to your point about to like the probability bets and betting a whole bunch of things, I am pretty convinced, but I've already been proven otherwise in this tournament, but I'm feeling pretty good the fact that there'll be... No goals for Hungary. So I went for the exact score lines for Portugal to win. If I bet one zero, it's plus 500. Okay. Two zeros plus 525. Three zeros plus 750. Now, I have Ronaldo scoring first plus 250. He's minus 118 to score any time. I like him scoring first because we're talking about one of the best big game players of all time in the history of the sport. And he's so close to gaining that international record for the most goals of all time for your, for your nation on the men's yeah. side. So... He he's going to elevate his performance. It's what he does. And he knows he has to know that his his time with the national team, maybe one more World Cup. And that's that. Right. So, yeah, I think his, so. his window is closing to to break that record. And we all know that he's going to do everything he possibly can to continue to play until he does. Uh, that's just something that inspires him and motivates him. So I like him to come out and say, listen, my name's Cristiano Ronaldo. I'm scoring the first goal and we are going to try to repeat as champions. So I like that mentality. And I think they're going to look for him because he demands. he's probably watching uh, Argentina, Chile as well. And maybe he might be, he might be. Yeah. But anytime Messi scores, it's not uh, too surprising to see Ronaldo want to match it so that they have at the very least have to share the headlines. You don't see it as a goal fest too. Right. And probably one, nothing, maybe I, I mean, don't, Hungary are very organized too. Like, and then, you know, they're not going to give you too much. And Portugal, not exactly somebody that like, I'm, well, I don't know. I mean, listen, Bruno Fernandes is well in there and, uh, you know, they have enough quality to make it creative. But do you see anything more than one nothing? Do you see a goal, like multiple goals? Yeah. What, what's over two goals, do you think? I, 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 I agree with you. I think it's a one nothing win to Portugal, Cristiano Ronaldo scoring. Yeah, well, if you go, I mean, that's, I mean, that's essentially what I'm looking at as well. The over under, the over is minus 110, the under is minus 120. You're not really getting any value there. But I can see when you go down to, let's see, Portugal winning in the under two and a half goals, which is always a fun bet. Just got to find where it is. Yeah. So Portugal to win in the under is plus 215. And Portugal win in over two and a half goals is plus 124. Now, through qualifying, Hungary won four and lost four. So they didn't really lights out. But to right. your point, they are organized. They do. And I think this is what's kind of cool about all the small nations. 
smaller nations. I don't want to throw too much disrespect, but they, they, especially when they play the bigger, bigger countries that have quote unquote more talent. Yeah. They real their identity com- becomes very clear and it's a yeah. the survival mode that I don't think you can replicate if you're playing for a club team sometimes like, but when you play for your country and you're wearing the, you know, the flag on your, on your chest or whatever it is, there's some kind of different energy that comes out this, this I'll run, I'll, I'll never get tired when I wear this shirt. And so I could see that from Hungary and obviously they, they can build off of what they did the time before, uh, when they got and won their group. So, so I don't think it'll be a goal fest. These, these, uh, this manager for, for, I think both managers were the same in 2016. So they're probably going to want to limit that. I just, I could see Ronaldo scoring on a set piece, you know, and, and making his presence known. I watched Spain, Portugal when they played what a week and a half ago. Yeah. Not a great game. All the top players were on display. Spain played that was zero zero today against Sweden. I do think that Hungary might take points from one of these three teams, whether it's France or Germany or Portugal. But I think this is what I look at. When I look at this game, Portugal knows they need to beat Hungary. Every single team in this, this group needs knows they need to beat Hungary. They got to really get three have, points. They from have them. to. Yeah. They have to. And I think because Portugal's starting with them, that's their time too. We got it because they're scared. They got they got uh, the the next two big ones coming up after that, and that's that's crazy. So. I think there's going to be an urgency in Portugal that maybe they wouldn't have had if if they weren't playing. I mean, they obviously, if they're playing the other two teams, it's just different. You play maybe a little bit more conservative, but with this hungry game, they have to push. They have to go get that goal. They have to get this win because on paper, this is the easiest three points that they have in their group. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I'm going with that as well. I see Portugal winning just about Cristiano Ronaldo to score and then France beating Germany. And uh, there you have it. That's uh that, that tomorrow is going to be good. And that's the, the end of the first matches in the group stages. And of course we have, uh, it's halftime, by the way, Argentina leading Chile, uh, one, nothing, uh, with a Lionel Messi master class of a free kick, Jimmy Conrad, before we say goodbye, give me your final thoughts, brother. Um, as we look ahead to more action, cause action never stops. No, it doesn't stop. I am very excited to see how the results of match day one for all the groups really impacts the second game, match day two, because now this is where it gets a little tricky because if you lose your second, we're looking at Poland, right? They lose to Slovakia. I never thought Slovakia would be on top of Group E at any point throughout this tournament. And Poland now has to get a result. There you got to feel thankful that Sweden and Spain drew because that gives them a better chance to potentially get second in the group. That said that second game becomes really, really important for so many countries and the pressure just ramps up and I'm here for the pressure. That's why I love the game. See who can perform under the bright lights and who can't. I love it. I love it. Group D as well. Czech Republic uh, yep, as well yep. leading and Scotland, a big game for them. Austria as well leading their group, uh, Netherlands. So it's, it's a lot, there's a lot at stake, obviously. I love it. I love as it. we continue, Jimmy Conrad, always a pleasure. My man, Jimmy Conrad on Twitter, on Instagram, Gago Lassapod, CBS Sports, HQ. Oh my, he's just everywhere. He's like Twitch, baby. You got to keep, do you have like a handle for Twitch? What is that? Yeah, it's at Jimmy Conrad. If you guys want to watch a game with me, I do a lot of watch parties and, and, fantasy drafts. So we do a lot of fun stuff to kind of make it engaging when you watch along with me. So I appreciate the the shameless plug. And I also do just do like a daily show that we have some fun. Uh, but more often than not, there's a lot of watch parties. So if you're looking for somebody to hang out with and have a good laugh while you're watching these games, and hopefully you respect my analysis skills enough to know. And yeah, we're talking about wagering as well. So it's a lot of fun. And, and uh, if you guys want to stop by, I would highly appreciate it. Thank you.
I love it. I love it. It's between like you and Fabrizio Romano to who gets more hours of sleep. I, I don't know. I have to find. I have a twin. I'll just raise my hand and say I have yeah. a twin. I don't know about Fabrizio. <laughs> you have kids too, as well. So I give you. I'll give you way more. Way more credit there. Jimmy <laughs> Conrad, always a pleasure, my man. Thank you, Elmi. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Hey everybody, I want to thank Jimmy Conrad for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Pod. Please follow us on Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and review. Make sure that you listen to us as well on Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your pods as well. We are on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Gegolasso. Please subscribe and you can watch all the videos right there, including interviews and previous shows. We're on cbssports.com and your CBS Sports app. Enjoy the rest of the tournaments and we will We'll see you next time.